0: Hello and welcome to TOP, the Open Podcast Podcast. Your hosts Matthias and Wolfgang will guide you through the ecosystem and the tools and services which make podcasting work. And they'll talk about their open source platform for podcast analytics. Let's dive right in. This is going to be yet another very technical episode. Wolfgang, how do you feel about it today?
1: You mean how I feel in general or about the tech part that we want to present? <laughs>
0: about the tech part mostly.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to learn something because I'm also not that fluent in, in all this hipster stuff that we use. So I'm looking forward to that. And...
0: and there's a lot of hipster stuff in this episode. We will talk a little bit about Rust. We will talk about edge workers. We will talk about Latency. It's going to be a mixed bag. We will also touch a little bit on other technologies like go or typescript but mostly we will focus on what we built so far and this is mostly rust for the part that we want to talk about which is our forwarder or proxy
1: maybe as a small recap what we want to to achieve with this proxy or forwarder is that we sit in between a hosting platform that serves all the mp3 files and the rss feed and the client means Spotify or Apple or just a client on your mobile phone. And this proxy sits in between and sniffs all the data, all the requests, and all the information of those requests, the the user agent, the client IP address, the location of the user, and all the information what we can gather in this process is then sent to the database. And in this episode, we are talking about this proxy part that sits in between and sniffs all the data.
0: Right, and with that component, you get a lot of real-time information that you don't get from Spotify directly. So you can see whenever someone is requesting your podcast, listening to an episode, skipping ahead or not, depending on the platform, of course, but all of that is going to be real-time. You can think of it as logs for podcasts, just like Apache has access logs. We can provide the same with a proxy.
1: And this proxy is written in Rust and runs on edge workers. So maybe, Matthias, you can start with the reason why the proxy is based on Rust. Or in general, what is the cool thing about Rust? And you just have the Twitter limit
0: of 240 characters. Otherwise, you will talk for for an hour, I guess. (laughs) Okay. I would say for us, Rust is just a side product, but I'm definitely a fanboy and have been for a very long time. What I like about Rust is that it's very close to the system level, but gives you high-level control at the same time. So you can build things that are fast and understandable. So what, what does it mean, control? What, what do you mean with that? Well, by control, I mean that you have raw access to the lowest level of your machine if you need to. You can directly manipulate memory. You can decide where you want to store data on the stack or the heap, that sort of thing. For our use case, that is not really necessary. But what's nice about it for us is that it integrates with this other technology called edge workers. And edge workers are a new thing, a new way to deploy services directly on a content delivery network that has nodes all over the world. So you don't really care about deployments that much. You don't really care about latency that much because it's going to be fast wherever you are. And this was one of the key requirements.
1: So that means that a a worker is a small piece of code that runs on a lot of computers. And those computers are called edge nodes, right? Sitting yes. everywhere in the world, close as close as possible to the user. And the code is then executed on those edge nodes in a content delivery network, right? So if we have a user from Spain, for example, the code is executed somewhere in Spain and not in Germany. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct.
0: Now, I guess the main point is not that it's fast. The main point is latency. Because if you have a client and you want to access an episode, you want to not have any delay caused by analytics or monitoring. It should be something that it's just it's just super fast. And edge workers allow you to do just that. This additional cost of connecting to a server is mitigated through the edge worker. And at the same time, You can use that for sending analytics data to our platform.
1: Doesn't it make it more complicated at the end if we use this kind of distributed system, edge workers? Why not just spinning up somewhere a machine, a virtual machine, And have a proxy there. I mean, for MP3 files and podcasts, speed and performance is not that important, right? You have to download the MP3 file anyways. And Spotify caches the RSS feed. So why using such a complicated approach?
0: Yeah, that's the cool thing about it. It's not more complicated than running it on your own server. You push it to the edge network and it will take care of delivery. And you get all of this... All of the latency improvements for free. So it's not a question if you have to trade off speed for convenience, you can have both. So we are using Cloudflare for that, and
1: Cloudflare has a free tier. But are we then dependent on, on Cloudflare? Because our main requirement is is open source, and that we are open, and that we can also host our own system. So is that then possible at the end?
0: The worker itself can be deployed wherever. You can take the same code and run it on your server without any of the CDN part. And the Cloudflare workers are even open source these days. There is a runtime developed by Cloudflare itself. It's called Worker D, and it's on GitHub. You can download it and then just run your own infrastructure where the workers are hosted. So that wouldn't be a problem.
1: And I think we will also provide maybe a docker file or something like that in the future so that you can just spin it up on your own machine if you really want to but for us it's also very important that we are reliable especially as all the podcast hosts they rely on us and we want to build up trust and if we host our own infrastructure it would mean that we need a lot of manpower to maintain this infrastructure and we don't have this manpower at the at the moment. So that's why we rely on very bulletproof systems like Cloudflare. And they guarantee that everything runs smoothly and that the access to the RSS feed and MP3 files is always possible, even if you have this proxy in between, because it runs on this very well-maintained infrastructure.
0: Now, to be fair, not everyone is very experienced in Rust. And in the future, we might also be looking for contributors, and that might be harder with Rust. There are, however, alternatives that we consider for the future, and two of them are Go and TypeScript. So Wolfgang, I would like to get your opinion. What is your take on Rust versus using something more common like TypeScript or Go?
1: In my opinion, it really depends what you develop, right? The the proxy is a very small piece of code, a very small module that should be fast and reliable. And I think for for that, Rust is a very good fit. And I think we won't need a lot of development on this part, because it's just a small proxy that forwards the traffic and sends the logs. So that's really simple, easy, small. But that should be really reliable. In contrast, on the API side, for example, where we do a lot of data crunching, we have to try out new API routes, new data types, a lot of different things where we need this fast development pace. We use JavaScript or TypeScript because that's easy to implement. It's fast, fast development, and it's not that critical on the API side if there's a small issue, a bug. The fast development is more important than reliability, I would say, on this side because in the worst case, we lose some statistical data, which is not that critical. But if we break the access to the podcast data, then all the listeners can no longer listen to the podcast. And that would be a really big problem. So that's why I rely on Rust on the side where we need the reliability and the speed. And on the other side where it's not that important and we need fast development pace, we rely on JavaScript or in our case TypeScript so that it's even better and at least type sa- kind of type safe, I would say.
0: Exactly. These are two things that I actually forgot because with Cloudflare workers, for example, you get metrics for free. You get them out of the box and you can see the number of 500s. You can see the latency for each worker. And this is really valuable data that you want early on, uh, which is nice for an, an edge delivery platform. That's something that you usually don't get out of the box when you host yourself. And the other thing about Rust is that if the worker ever fails, then you lose access to the podcast itself. That means people cannot listen to your podcast. So it has to be rock stable.
1: Matthias, maybe you can explain again with the Twitter limitation of 240 characters why Rust is safe or more reliable than other languages in in, in general. I mean, it always depends on the the coder and developer, I guess. But in general, what are the advantages regarding that
0: in comparison to other languages rust tracks the ownership of memory say you have a variable called x and x points to a file in memory then whenever you leave a scope in rust x automatically gets cleaned up and if you want to access x after that scope again then you get a compile time error not a runtime error so this allows you to avoid entire classes of bugs that happen in other languages. But to be fair, of course,
1: you're a bit slower in development. So fast, quick hacking is not really possible in in Rust, I would say, right? Exactly. And that is also the the reason why we use TypeScript to have at least kind of a typed system in JavaScript, because usually you don't have anything like that in, in JavaScript.
0: And TypeScript helps to be more robust and also more confident while refactoring. That's something I really like about TypeScript, by the way. Refactoring with it is much easier than with JavaScript. Even if you only have those simple guarantees that the TypeScript compiler allows you, you sort of know what inputs and outputs you can expect. And this gives you so much more confidence. I found myself refactoring a lot of Python, for example. And before... Types in Python, that was the exact problem that I faced. I was never sure if I forgot any spot where I had to do a refactor. And usually I did, and things would break at runtime. So I'm personally a big fan of type systems for more dependable systems.
1: I mean, it also slows down the development pace a bit, at least, but I think on long-term, it increases the pace again because you spend less time on bug hunting because in the ideal case the IDE already warns you that something is wrong because the type is, is not correct.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, you tend to write less unit tests for obvious things. Or obvious is probably the wrong word, but things that humans understand that machines have problems with. For example, that a variable named counter is probably a number and you don't have to write unit tests for checking types. So it's some additional work initially, but it will pay off in the long run. And we try to build our stack in a way such that refactoring is easy for us in the future. I guess that pretty much sums up the main parts of our infrastructure, at least the parts that we architected so far. And a common theme is always dependability. We don't want a maintenance hell. We want something that we can build on top of. We want to build a platform. And we also want to encourage others to extend this platform and make changes with confidence. So in the future, if we get pull requests from people, it's going to be easier for us to decide whether we can merge this safely without impacting everyone else on the platform.
1: And if you have any feedback for us on this topic, on Rust, TypeScript, JavaScript, Cloudflare, how we use the edge workers, if you know any alternatives, maybe we also hope that there, that more alternatives will pop up, because currently Cloudflare is one of the biggest, I guess, and there are not that many competitors or also open source alternatives. So we hope to see other players as well. So if you know a comparable infrastructure, let us know. Please send a tweet to openpodcastdev on Twitter or also an email to echo at
0: openpodcast.dev. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
1: Bye. Bye.